Praise the Lord. Um, praise God for you. Praise God. Uh, so good to see you. I just wanted to get on here as the Lord has been leading me to, uh, to encourage you, to encourage you. And I'm going to share a couple of things Lord put in my spirit. And um, my, my prayer, my hope is that when you hear this, that you will be encouraged, that you will be filled with hope, that you'll be filled with the uh, sense of security in God. Because it seems like we're being inundated by news of violence, news of random violence, public violence, uh, mass shootings, over and over again, these things have become normal. They're happening in our schools. We're hearing about earthquakes. We've had a global pandemic. Uh, there is a lot going on and it can be overwhelming. I wanna remind you of the words of Jesus who said, be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. He said, in this life, you will have tribulation. That is another way of saying trouble, uh, besetting trouble trouble that seems to be greater than what you can bear. But the Lord Jesus himself said, be of good cheer. He wants you to have joy, unspeakable joy. He wants you to have the fullness of joy. He wants joy to be something that you can't lose. He wants it to be ever present with you because he is joy. His love brings us joy in his presence is the fullness of joy. And that is really central to why he's allowing a lot of these things to happen. If you look through scripture over and over again, the Israelites, his people, those he had called to carry his testimony, to carry his presence, to carry his word, those who were representing him in the earth fell away from him. They began to turn to the idols of this world. They began to look a lot like their surroundings. And so the Lord would allow trouble. He would allow famine. He would allow pestilence. He would allow wars to come. He would literally uh, provoke enemies to come and attack Israel, which seems so unfair. This is how people begin to think that our God is an angry God. No, our God is a loving God, and he knows our wicked hearts. He knows our predisposition to sin. He knows our predisposition to disobey. He knows our predisposition to fall out of the way as sheep without a shepherd, and he's got to bring us back into the sheepfold. And sometimes a good way to get a sheep back into the fold is for that sheep to see a wolf. And so I want to encourage you today. I heard in my spirit last night, uh, I'm going to share a couple of things, but I heard in my spirit last night that the, these are just the beginning of sorrows. These are just the beginning of sorrows. And it's specifically when I saw uh, a headline about the shooting at the Walmart in Virginia. And I, I heard the Lord say, these are the beginning of sorrows. And it's not to say that the beginning of sorrows just started. He was reminding me that these things that we have been witnessing, like what we saw in Texas at the elementary school, we don't need to go into the depth of what happened at Uvalde. But my point is that these are signs. They're, they're not signs of God being absent. They're signs of God working. God is allowing things to happen. It sounds so cruel, I know. But the Lord is showing us that without him, we have nothing. And our nation, our world has not been seeking God, has not been worshiping God. And the Bible records that when you do not have the Lord in charge, that the people mourn. That when the people are not seeking God as their source, that there is an enemy who has access. It's not because God is not capable. It's because we have given ourselves over to, to false gods. We've given ourselves over. We've given access to the evil one. And we have legislated to him authority where he does not 
uh, actually have it. We have agreed with him in what he does. And so the Lord is trying to uh, allow the consequences to turn us around and come back to him. But these are just the beginning of sorrows, brothers and sisters. I just want to encourage you. It's not to make you afraid. It's to allow you to know God is in control. God knows exactly what he's doing. God has been doing this even before the foundations of the world. He began this process. He put everything in motion. And so there's no reason for you to be afraid. Now, I'm not saying that your natural person, that your nature is not going to be discomfort, uh, uncomfortable or not afraid. Yes, fear is something that's real. It's a reality. But you then turn your heart to the Lord. He is calling his people to prayer. And I want to remind you about the people of Israel thousands of years in advance. The Lord knew what he was going to need to do to get his people to call on his name. In fact, hundreds of years prior, he prophesied to Abraham and he said, your descendants are going to be in bondage for 400 years. And he knew that that was what it was going to take for his people to desire him again. They had lost their worship. They had lost their desire for God. They had lost the Abrahamic faith where God accounted it to him as righteousness. Abraham walked in righteousness, not as a perfect person, but because he sought the Lord. He followed the Lord as best as he could. He made mistakes, but in his heart, he wanted to serve God. And the Lord knew over time that that kind of heart condition, that kind of posture toward him would not remain. And so he told him in advance, he told him in advance, your people are going to be in bondage. And what did we find out? That the people in Egypt began to cry out to the Lord. And that's when the Lord called up and deliverer, Moses. And so God is asking for our faith where we have been faithless. Now, I know you might be a believer, but everyone isn't. There are a lot of people who are seeking God in all the wrong places. There are a lot of people that are not seeking God. There are a lot of people who used to be in God and the Lord wants their soul. He wants no one to perish. And so he allows these things. These are the beginning of sorrows, brothers and sisters. And then in Matthew 24, the, the Bible also says, and this is another thing that hit my spirit some days ago. In fact, if I can, I'm going to share my screen and show this to you so that you can um, see what the spirit of the Lord showed me. And I'm not sure if I'll be able to share my screen. But what I was going to show you until I realized I can't show you here is uh, I had a note in my in my um, my journal. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, uh, and I'm going to pull it up real quick. He says, the love of many will wax cold. This is something the Lord spoke to me two days ago. The love of many will wax cold. So you might be wondering, where's all this violence coming from? It was prophesied. The Lord showed us and taught us in Matthew 24 that there would become a time where people's love would be left on the table. That people would begin to put love to the side and do what? What their flesh, their carnal nature wants them to do, which is be selfish, be vengeful, be angry. Amen. To, to be those who, who have no compassion. Glory to God. This is happening. And it's not necessarily because God uh, wants it to happen. It's because God knows it has to happen. Glory to God. This has to happen. Why? Because his church has to be purified. The carriers of the glory of God have got to become more righteous. We've got to become more surrendered to the Lord. We look like God, but we also look a lot like the world because we've we've allowed ourselves to engender, to even pass down uh, cultural things that are not honoring to the Lord. Things that are are allowing the enemy to have a stronghold in our lives, in our families, in our communities. Look, when we uh, as a nation decided 
that that prayer was no longer going to be allowed in schools. People blame that on the government. They blame that on the Supreme Court. But who's on the Supreme Court? People. And those people had been taught by the world that that's okay, that God doesn't belong in the school. That's just one example. So the Lord is saying the people of God have to be of God. And he's calling you into prayer. He is calling you into a secret place. He's calling you to know him. He is calling you to intimacy. He is calling you to put down the idols. He's calling you to deep uh, dig deep down and say, Lord, search me and know me and show me where I have been walking in waywardness and bring me into your direct path. Direct my path, God. And so this is not something we need to be afraid of. It's something to embrace. It's something to embrace. And I want to read to you some of the words of Jesus in Matthew 24, because this is this is something I think that will soothe you. And this is also something that will allow you to have a different perspective when you see these outbreaks of earthquakes, when you see famine, which is coming, pestilence, glory to God. When you see wars, Ukraine and Russia, these things are happening and they will continue to happen. And the Lord says in Matthew 24, he says, take heed that no one deceives you. He said, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and, I, and will deceive many. This is a season of deception where people who don't have the truth, which is God's word, Jesus himself, they don't have the truth. And so they're easily blinded and deceived. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. See, listen to the Lord. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. This is where we need to stop. The end has not come yet. So there will be a great tribulation before the end. Right now, we are in a, a, a preview of the great tribulation period. There will be a whole lot more of this than what we're dealing with. And so it is imperative, as the Bible just said, that it happens. Why? Because the end has to come. That means that the judgment of this world by the righteous father is coming. That the judgment of the evil one, Satan and his, his imps, is coming and God is going to wipe all of our tears away. God is going to bring down the, the lofty look, glory to God. He's going to allow the evil one to fall into his own trap. And he says, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. That's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. And there will be famines, pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation. It's coming and kill you and you will be hated by all nations by my namesake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another and will hate one another. And listen to this. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Let's stop right there. And then I'll read the next verse. In fact, let me read the next verse now. He says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And he then promises that this gospel shall be preached in every nation. So the end has to come. But in the meantime, he says, we need an enduring spirit. We need to be able to endure these things and know that as we persevere with patience, as we rest in him, glory to the Lord. Psalm 37 says, uh, rest in the Lord. I will wait patiently for you. There is a rest that happens even in the midst of tribulation, even in the midst of a storm. He's teaching us who he is, even in the midst of darkness. The Lord shows up inside of darkness. The Lord showed up on Mount Sinai in the, in the midst of a storm. Glory to God. He is in the midst of the storm. 
And he wants us to keep our minds on him, keep our ears tuned to him in the midst of the storm because he's there. He's here. He's with you. He sees you right now. His name is Elroy. He sees you. You are not undone. The Bible says that we can be hard pressed, but not crushed, persecuted, but not forsaken. Amen, somebody. He's not going to leave you. You can endure it to the end. I'm here to encourage somebody because if you pay enough attention to the news, you might start losing your grip and God wants you to abide in him, abide in his faith, be connected to the true vine. Glory to God. May his word abide in you. May you hide his word in your heart. Glory to God that you might not sin against him. May his word be a lamp for your feet and a light for your path. He is calling his people into relationship, fellowship, intimate walk with him. Glory to God, where you don't need to depend on the preacher, the pastor, or anybody else, but you know God. It's a it's a fact, if you read one, uh, Psalm 107, that the Lord allows trouble so that we'll cry out to him. He allows us to reap uh, uh, what we've sown, glory to God, because he's a righteous God and he cannot be and will not be mocked. So when we reap to the flesh, we sow to our flesh. We receive that which we've sown. And that is ind indicative of God's heart to wake us up to what we really need to be about. And that is the spiritual things, the things that please him, the things that honor the Lord. And so he's not into religion. He's into relationship. He doesn't want you to go to church. He wants you to be the church. Come on, somebody. He doesn't want you to hear about Jesus. He wants you to believe and know who Jesus is. Glory to God. He doesn't want you to believe just in Jesus. He wants you to have a knowledge of Jesus, an experiential lifestyle with him in the name of Jesus. And so he allows lawlessness to abound so that the love of many will grow cold. So it's more evident where love really is. It's only in him. It's going to become so much apparent in these last days where love really is in the body of Christ, in Jesus himself. Those of us who believe walking around loving people unconditionally with agape love, ministering to their needs in their soul administering healing in their bodies and their spirits. Glory to God, casting out demons and beginning to do the work of ministry that confirms the preached word that the kingdom of God is at hand and that Jesus is who he says he is. He is the truth. He is the way he is the life. Signs should be following us, but we need to sometimes have a trigger to get us to wake up and become who we've been called to be. Glory to his name. So lawlessness will abound and the love of, of, of many will grow cold. This is where we are. And so be watching for these things. The Bible literally says, watch. Jesus said, watch. He says, I come quickly. We need to be aware, awake, circumspect, having a 360 degree view spiritually about what's going on, not just seeing uh, life lost, but but asking the Lord, why is this happening, God? What are you doing in the unseen right now, in the unseen realm? Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 107. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Listen, he can't change. He cannot deny himself. He is faithful when we are faithless, and his mercy endures forever, even if people's lives are taken by by absolute horrific conditions. The Lord's mercy still endures. Glory to God. He says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. He's still in the saving business. Watch what he says in verse four. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. 
hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they what? Cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, children of men, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Listen, I'm going to preach the, the word of God because that's what's going to get us through. I'm not going to be playing a patty cake with the word because when we see the word, we're seeing his heart. And in Psalm 107, we see his heart clearly. He allows us to roam about hungry in our soul, hungry and thirsty, unsatisfied, dissatisfied in a foreign land, which is this life, this world we live in. Our true life is in heaven, but the Lord is allowing us to be here as foreigners so that we can bring others into the build, into the family. And so he lets you run out of steam. He allows your soul to get empty, hungry and thirsty. And it says it causes you to cry out to him. And he answers your prayer and delivers you and he ministers to your hungry soul. Friends, we cannot lose sight of the will and the heart of God that he grieves when he sees the loss of life, that it does not please the Lord, that he doesn't uh, jump for joy when we suffer. Glory to God. He weeps with those who weep. He mourns with those who mourn. He is with them. He is near the brokenhearted. He bears our burdens. Glory to God. He's a man acquainted with grief. Hallelujah. A man of sorrows. Jesus Christ, the compassionate Lord. He knows what we go through, but it's for a reason. He allows it because our wicked, desperately wicked hearts sometimes need discomfort that's unbearable before we'll cry out to God. And he wants us by any means necessary. So pray, saints, pray, brothers and sisters, pray, brothers and sisters, pray, pray that people will call out to God in the midst of distresses as as the love of many grows cold and lawlessness abounds. And these uh, sorrows are are continuing. May we see a harvest. May we see this youngest generation crying out to God. And not just them, but everyone. But specifically now, I'm praying, God, for the youngest people who are being raised in a humanistic society that, that says uh, no truth is real truth. Hallelujah. That it's not observable scientifically, that it can't be true. Glory to God. I pray against the uh, relativism, relativism rather, that is teaching people that all information is relative, hallelujah, that there's no pure thought, but your word is pure, glory to God, that your testimony is sure, glory to God. You convert souls with your word, glory to God. We need you, Jesus. And so I pray that you allow patience to have its perfect work. You said that we can have joy in our temptations when we fall into various trials. And you said that we should let patience have its perfect work. Persevering through it, God, is causing us to be look, to look more like you. God, we have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. That's what you did, Jesus. 
And so this is just a foretaste. This is just a portion of what you endured, Lord Jesus, what you still endure as you make intercession for us, as you are vexed and grieved in the spirit by our sin and our unrighteousness and our, our rebellion. God, I pray for this world, for the people. You said the world and everything in it is yours. Every person belongs to you. God, we pray they come to you. I pray, God, into the persecution. I pray into the troubles and the sorrows that they might have their perfect work. May we cry out to the Lord. You said these are the beginning of the birth pains. Glory to God. You're bringing something to pass. Come on. You're bringing something that's hidden out into the open. You're birthing something by the power of your spirit and the power of your blood. And God, in the meantime, may we pray and intercede on behalf of those who can't pray that the hungry and thirsty soul will come to God, crying out and being delivered immediately by the love of Jesus. We thank you for this, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, the end times is not something we study because it's an ooh-ah mystical thing. No, we study the end times so we know the purpose and the plan of God and his heart for his people. And so I ask you to do your own study. Get into Matthew 24. Hallelujah. Get into the, the teachings of Paul in First and Second Thessalonians. Glory to God. Where he talks about uh, how the end times are going to look. We need to know these things so we can pray into them so that we can be adequate ministers and carrying the heart of God. I bless you. I pray that you are not undone. I pray that you are not uh, beset by by fear in Jesus name. I pray that you are not beset by anxiety in the name of the Lord. I pray that you walk in perfect peace because Jesus is your peace and you're going to know Jesus better than ever. And it would not have if it had not been for the sorrows that God is allowing in the earth, you wouldn't know him that well. So we thank you, God, for what is just the beginning of sorrows and what you're doing as you do your perfect work in us. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray again. Amen. Listen, I love you. Praise you. Uh, I ask you to share this with someone you know might be just struggling with what they see on the news, struggling with their reading, struggling with what's going on even in their own family, in their household, in their schools, in their school district. God, we just pray for the ministry of the spirit of God that we will endure to the end, knowing that we are saved and we will receive the reward of the inheritance because we serve the Lord Christ. The enemy can't take your reward when you're walking with Christ. Amen, somebody. Faithfireworldwide.com is where you can learn more about our ministry. I'll be posting this video there. Uh, I praise God for your attention, and we pray that God's glory will be easily and brilliantly revealed in you. Until next time, bye-bye.